When we change our mindsets, we can change our outcomes, giving us the freedom to live the life we want. Welcome to Get Safe's Movement for Change podcast, where we invite industry professionals to speak about changing mindsets on key social, emotional, and societal topics, challenging us to do the same in our own personal lives. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining the Get Safe podcast, Movement for Change. My name is Stuart Haskin. I'm the director and founder of Get Safe. So today's topic is bully prevention. I have Dave Mondarine here. He happens to... Again, he's waving to the mic, so uh, we'll let him know that that's no video here. But anyway, um, thanks for the wave, Dave. But Dave's been with us for over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, teaching out in the field. And he, you know, no one likes to be labeled expert, but I feel that he's definitely an expert in the field, especially in bully prevention. He works with thousands of individuals a year through Get Safe. So we're super happy to have him. And so you know a little about him. We're going to ask him, how did you come to Get Safe? Oh, wow. Um well, it, it's coming up. Uh, I'm in my 11th year. June will be my 11th year here with the agency. And um, I just, I came out of a, a background of, of food service, bartending, and, and it was great and it was fun. But I really wasn't, I, I felt kind of empty, like, you know, getting people hammered and stuffing them into taxi cabs really wasn't my thing anymore. And I just, I felt a pull to do something different. And a, um, a friend of mine turned me on to Get Safe saying, hey, they're looking for people with martial arts backgrounds to work with survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence. And I had already started kind of doing a bullying prevention program independent prior to my involvement with Get Safe um, with different private schools and whatnot. And it just seemed a natural fit. So I came in, interviewed. Um, you and I, I don't know, we just sort of hit it off. It was very interesting. Speak for yourself. No, he's, he's right. Um, but there is a little fun fact that he's hiding, which is, and it really shows in his gift of transfer of knowledge, how he connects. But you were a stand-up comedian for a little bit. I yeah, I got on stage and had people throw rotten fruit at me. But yeah, I, I did. I told jokes for a little bit. I wasn't terribly successful, hence my employment right. here. No, uh, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Um, but yeah, it was it was a season of my life that I enjoyed. It's something that maybe, you know, if I ever learn how to be funny, I might try again. Um, but yeah, it's a little background in performance, whether it's acting in plays or doing a, a smidgen of voice acting here and there or uh, stand-up comedy or improv or whatever. I love doing stuff like that. Uh, it definitely shows when you're out in the field, for sure, because aww. that's that connection you make with the kids and yeah. adults, everyone. So it's ages from five to Oh, God, to, to, you know, yeah, whatever. we teach seniors and stuff. But it, that's the thing is is it, get, getting up and presenting to somebody. Everybody sat through some sort of presentation where the person is just whatever, just he or she just doesn't connect with the audience. Because maybe they're not as passionate, or maybe it's just a difficult subject. So or we boring. Try. Sometimes, yeah. you know, some people just <laughs> want to read it off the PowerPoint. But Well, yeah, and I've had that, where people yeah. nod off in, <laughs> in the middle of my... I'm like, oh, gosh, so i got to spice it up a little. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the bullying. So yeah. Talk about the culture. What's going on in the schools? What's going on at home? All these different aspects of we're seeing, you know, and we're reading some horrific stories, which we can get into later, mm -hmm. about the... The results of extreme bullying behavior. Well, according to some of the statistics that are out there, depending on which ones you look at, whether it's uh, Department of Justice or whatever, but generally speaking, um, and I, I just off the top of my head, uh, if I remember correctly, between 20 to 25 percent of students are targets of bullying wow. behavior on the regular. Um, and that cuts across all socioeconomic strata. And it is... 
the the effects range from kids missing school to uh, depression, substance abuse issues, suicidal ideation, maladjusted uh, behaviors when it comes to yeah. social interactions. So all these things kind of coalesce. And what, at the end of the day, what does it come down to? It comes down to an imbalance of power. Yeah. Somebody pushing somebody else down for whatever reason in order to make themselves feel better. Well, it was interesting you said socioeconomic. I was talking to someone the other day, and they their kids go to a private school. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about bringing in a prevention program okay. and bully prevention. And they were going, well, the school district is not going to allow us to do this or the school principals because it doesn't happen here, they think, yeah. because of their, the wealth of the yeah. students. But as we know, there is no boundary for uh, bullying. There is none. And in, in, in that's the kind of hear no evil, see no evil, yeah. speak no evil, where if, if parents or administrators aren't aware of it, quote unquote, unaware of it, um, then it doesn't exist, right. but it does. And it's, it's pernicious. It's insidious. It is something that will affect and infect a school culture negatively. And it will happen. It's not if yeah. it does. Yeah. And we can see that from the stories every day. Yeah. Well, tell us a little about your, our get safe and our strategy yeah. and how, what we're looking at, how to combat it in the schools. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we have, uh, it gets safe. We have a few programs that we do. We do like a 45 to 60 minute assembly. We make it fun, interactive. Um, we get the kids basically rallied to identify what the differences is, what the differences are, excuse me, between bullying behavior and reciprocal teasing, which can actually build rapport if it's done, if both parties are laughing, if it's a one way street and only one party's laughing. That's kind of bullying behavior. Not kind of. It is bullying And that's the thing, because a lot of parents are going, well, how do you know they're just not teasing? Well, everyone needs to understand what teasing is versus, and like you said, they both have to be involved in it. Mm -hmm. If someone is not happening or having it and feeling bad, and maybe they're just doing a little weird smile just to kind of get out of there uncomfortably. Yeah. Those are the things. Those are the tools we need to show. Well, it's like, uh, let's extrapolate it from the student to, like, workplace, where... um, a male colleague will will uh, talk about a female colleague's body or touch her without consent, and she just was taught from an early age to demur, to to giggle through it. Uh, oh, you're so silly, yeah. so as not to incur a violent reaction from the person, the the person perpetrating the action, usually a male in this situation, or an elevated teasing. Like, yes. Oh, what's wrong with you? Why are you all? Why are you so sensitive? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just I'm just complimenting. And that happens you. both male and female, female, male. Oh yeah, absolutely, person. absolutely. But the preponderance is yeah. male to female. Preponderance is uh, as us non-readers. Oh my gosh, it's just <laughs> the overwhelming majority. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I could guess that, but I just didn't want to. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so if we take it back to the school setting. Um, there are situations where when somebody's being teased because of their gender identity or they're being teased because, in my case, because my ears were ginormous, so kids used to call me Dumbo, right? Well, I learned how to kind of be mad about it initially, be sad about it, 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 growing from mad to being sad. Then I started learning, well, you know, started joking with it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to fly away to to Timbuktu or, you know, whatever, when you're in second, third grade, you try to right. find some funny way to deal with it, but it right. still hurts. Right. Um, and then there, there are parents who say, well, you should punch that person in the nose or you should fight back, fight fire with fire. And we, we know in our agency at Get Safe and in, in the community at large, violence breeds more violence. Yeah. So going up to the bully and socking them in the nose or her in the nose, all that's going to do is cause more pain, not just pain 
in a general sense, but for both the target of the bullying behavior and the perpetrator of the bullying behavior. Well, and that's also, I mean, it's almost re-victimizing the kid is being bullied, yes. too, because it, I mean, there's some that are going to rally to do it, but others are terrified and feel like they're failures if they don't do it, and they're not, they're not, their parents are going to look down on them. Mm-hmm. It's that's, shame. That's, that is not the issue. The issue is for us. That's our, our job as parents is to protect our kids and yes. help them every way they can, which you have tools and tips on how to do that. Oh, as well. absolutely. Yeah. And it's the shame and taboo uh, that surround bullying behavior. If you're a target of bullying behavior, um, whether because you're a, a member of the LGBT community, you're a person of color, or you're a person of color who happens to belong to the LGBT community, um, those things compound. Uh, if you're a person of the um, LGBT community and a person of color and you have a developmental disability, now you're compounding and compounding and compounding. And it, the targeting seems to be sometimes swept under the rug by administration. So, well, if this person wasn't different, if they didn't express their sexuality or their identity, or if they somehow were less Latino or less African-American or they didn't talk a certain way, people should be able to be who they are. As long as people are acting appropriately, ethically. So, uh, all right. So, tell me how you communicate that because we were just looking at a news article where a ten-year-old young boy had killed himself because mm-hmm. he was born with a <clears throat> he had a birth defect, birth if defect, I remember correctly. And he was wearing a bag, and the kids didn't understand it, so they made fun of it, and maybe there was some little fecal matter because of the bag the bag oh the colostomy bag yeah. you know and that's where the teasing came and the parents tried to get a hold of them but how do we educate because that's what we have to do because they see differences and they and that's why special needs mm-hmm. individuals with special needs are the highest rate of victimization yes. through bullying because it's different and yep. so they look at them so what's your well tool? I, I remember being in school where there was a young man who uh, who acted differently. And I didn't understand what autism was back in the early 80s. I had no idea. And so I was a person who was like, well, that guy's weird. Now, I was being bullied. So what happens? Crap rolls downhill, right? right. So if I was being bullied, what do I do? I turn around to the next person right. who looks – because it was different. Well, it's also a way you regain your strength by yes. targeting someone else. By trying to – yes, exactly. Trying to trying to empower myself by depowering somebody else. Right. But the, the, the overarching point on this was um, young people, for whatever reason, they strive for hegemony. They want to, okay. everybody to One be – Sorry. They try – everybody try <laughs> to be the Us same. non-readers. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's a uh, very big vocabulary. That's for sure. We know that. But go on. <laughs> young people – young there's, there's a certain amount of, well, um, this is what everybody's wearing. This is what everybody's into. Everybody's using this kind of skate – you know, this kind of skate brand clothing – um, so if you, if you're out or your family can't afford a certain thing or for whatever reason, you're, you don't have the latest and greatest or the, the thing that everybody else is into. Well, you're different. Right. Well, that's something that we can buy. What about something we're born with? Yeah. What about, uh, the color of our skin or how we identify, especially when you're going through puberty, how you identify, you start feeling attraction towards somebody that might be of the same gender and you get victimized for it because you're different. So back to your original question is how do we how do we sort of stanch that at the school level? Well, a lot of it has to do with communication. It's just being able for administrators to say, no, here's what's appropriate, and here's what's not appropriate, here's where the boundaries are, and if you stray outside the boundaries, and there will be consequences for it. It's not to punish, it's not to be punitive, it's to protect. So that's a so that's the top. So 
part of that demystification is mm-hmm. letting people understand to get to know differences. Yes. And I think that's what we see a lot when when we have these mixed groups, we have a lot of, you know, we run camps, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone's different there and everyone stands up at the first week or two fights, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but as they get to know each other and know there's differences, whether it's language barriers yes. or culturally different foods or anything, mm-hmm. but I think that's real key. And, you know, if a kid is targeting a kid with special needs, maybe put them in a special needs class to help. To volunteer. Yeah, volunteer. Yeah. And so they get to know, and that's, you know, as you know, we're afraid of what we don't understand. Yeah. And then we lash out at it. Well, that's, that's part a, of it. That's well, that's, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a, a get out of jail free card. It's, no, it's no. an understandable thing. And I know that's not yeah. what you're saying, but it's an understandable thing. It's a human reaction. We yeah. fear what we don't understand. So as you mentioned, I, I think at the, at the inclusion programs at the school level, like from the admin, we were talking in a second mm-hmm. ago now, just from the student body perspective, Inclusion programs, having, you know, maybe somebody with a special need talk to the kids about what it's like being a person with special needs, somebody who's a strong advocate and can say, hey, listen, I'm a person with um, a developmental disability and this is what my life is like and you don't have to be afraid of me or people like me, but not everybody's going to be like me. So you might have somebody else with a disability and they act totally differently. So you don't have to be afraid. Right. You don't have to fear. And it's okay to talk to your mom or your dad or your teacher and say, hey, why... Why does Dave, uh, when he gets excited, why does he flap his hands? I, I don't fully understand it. It looks weird, Mom. Can you help me understand what's going on? Right. Why does he rock? Um, why does he repeat certain words uh, rather than answer, you know, does he want to play tag? And he just says tag over and over. Like those kind of markers that we can say, okay, this might be a person with a disability. Um, so let's not be afraid of it. Let's welcome them and let them participate to the best of their ability. To let them understand that. All right, how do you do this? You know, you get the kid who is shorter than the other kid but wants to – challenge him for no reason mm. because he's just trying to exhaust you know exhibit power and control yes because you yeah you know real quick a side note dave is in front of like i said at times 600 individuals you know capturing the room and giving them the the thought so it's opening up and expanding their mindsets so or changing that mindset yeah. so there are going to be more positive outcomes and we've had lots of school districts tell us you know thank you this is we see change going on but how do you combat that you know how do you i mean it's you know now it's just maybe just there's a size difference and, yeah and the kids wants to fight or the taller one wants to fight the other one or i mean how do we besides you know get we want to get the information out there what else what other rule or ways we can do this well here if you let me step back for a moment sure so you were talking about somebody who's bigger somebody who's smaller let me let me table that for just one second i want to get back to something you were talking about um, uh, or uh, a thought you brought up a minute ago which okay. was the idea of the student body Cool. Let me let me go back there. The at the end of the day, we have to help young people and parents and administrators understand the difference between reporting bullying behavior and tattling or snitching. Yeah, I, I cannot stress that enough. If somebody is, uh, it believes that they're a target of bullying behavior because it's not reciprocal. We're teasing is not like somebody right. would pick on me for yeah. my ears or whatever. Right. At the end of the day, if I tell a teacher like, "Hey, this makes me uncomfortable," and the teacher says, "Well, stop tattling." Stop tattling on mm-hmm. Joe or Jim or whatever. Then that that student who was who was messing with me or the the target in this case it was me, <laughs> um, they've taken my power. I go to an adult that I think I could trust, and the adult scolds me and admonishes me for tattling, where I should just somehow learn how to suck it up and deal with it at such a young age. So what in our system 
our bullying prevention system, which we call Back Off Buddy. Right. Um, we do a lot of differentiation between what is tattling and what is reporting. Um, and that is a key thing because parents and I'm sorry, but parents and administrators sometimes just don't want to know about it. I remember being a substitute teacher in the recent past where I'm walking during break to the teacher's lounge to go get a snack or something. And I saw a, 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 a tenured teacher, and this is not to disparage teachers. I'm a big believer in public education and teachers, but I saw this one particular teacher walk right past a bullying situation where a crowd started to form and kids were going at it to this one little boy who was the target for whatever reason. And I watched this teacher walk right past it. Being a sub, I didn't know where kind of where quote unquote my lane is. I hate that expression, but didn't know what my lane was. So I, I said, hey, you know, knock it off. It dispersed it. When I saw the teacher, I said, well, what happened? Why? Oh, I didn't notice it. Mm. was the teacher's response. Yeah. And they, they were literally three feet from the action, from where the crowd was forming. So I have a hard time buying that. Yeah. The reason why I say that is this. The reticence of adults to get involved, because sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes adults, and myself too, where you see a bullying situation, you want to step in, and you feel like, oh, crap, are they going to turn around and bully me? Or am I, are these young people or college people going to turn around and victimize me if I speak up? And or, we got we to gotta take that bystander behavior back. Yeah, but if, or if you're that tenured teacher who's seen it a hundred times, well, mm -hmm. well, I don't even pay attention. She probably saw it or he saw it. I don't know yeah. if it was a female or male. But let's go, well, whatever. This happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Which, to that kid, surrounded. Oh, my gosh. That is a nightmare. Once, yeah, that's a, that's happening right now. So I also believe there is a level of that where we're trying to encourage it. teachers. Every day is a new day, and we just we just did a training yesterday about people that go in the the field. Oh, yeah. Each day is new. You walk in that school, just you know your classroom. Don't worry about the what happened before. Your mindset needs to be changed to say this is new. That kid's being poked. I don't care if he's been poked ten times and you very straightened out. Always keep an eye on it because that. Like I said, that behavior to that directed at that kid is very real. Yes. And they're just walking back. You know, so I don't know. Hopefully maybe you <laughs> shook her shook her rattle a little bit. <laughs> it, it, it was it was a it was a male teacher okay. and it was I, I oh, hopefully you said female, sorry. No, no. <laughs> sorry if I did, I misspoke. It it was it was it was interesting and, and I don't ever want to cast aspersions, but we just want to give uh, tools to parents and caregivers and, and teachers just how to be able to de-escalate the situation and inform and educate the kids so that they... Well, we have kids, so we want to know our kids are protected. Yes. That's that's part of the job. Yes. So, all right. So let's do this. Give me one success story. I mean, out of the hundreds that you have that you remember that probably touched you yeah. pretty deeply. Well, let me preface this. I hate doing stats, but well over 50% of bullying situations become, well, they stop basically when a peer intervenes. Okay. So that is heavy duty. So that means that there is peer involvement. And the reason why I say that is this. We were doing a bullying prevention um, program with the Los Angeles County Library System. And we had happened to go out to the Quartz Hill uh, Library um, in the, I believe, the high desert, if I remember correctly near Lancaster. And I had a room full of about 15, 18 young people. And there were three uh, young ladies, roughly junior high age, middle school age, sitting at my 12 o'clock. So it was horseshoe, you know, horseshoe shape, semicircle shape. And they were at my 12 o'clock. And the most boisterous of the, of the three ladies um, was just 
detracting from the class, giggling inappropriately, making snide remarks, rolling her eyes, and talking to her friends when I'm in the middle of my presentation. Now, normally I don't, normally I can redirect that and kind of get that uh, locked down, but her behaviors were extremely troublesome. So after two admonitions, say, hey, listen, please be quiet. Please, please, please. And you're just pleading with her, yeah. in a, you know, appropriately, of course, and just saying, hey, come on, everybody, you're setting a, you got to set a good example here. Right. Finally, after the third one, I said, you know what, I'm going have to have to ask you to leave because you're distracting from the class. So for whatever reason, that sort of snapped her to attention, and she was she actually tried harder. She was When we did the physical self-defense portion, she, she said she volunteered. She mm-hmm. rocked it. Well, push comes to shove at the end of the um, bad analogy. Anyway, at the end of the training, <laughs> um, one of her one of her peers was uh, she was roughly 12, 13 years old. One of her peers who was roughly eight or nine came up. Um, little toe headed boy came up to me and said, hey, um, do you know why so and so? Of course, I'm not going to use her name. Um, do you know why so and so was acting like that? And I said, no. And he said, well, she's getting viciously bullied at school. Mm. And she's she's it's kind of an open secret that she's talked about hurting herself. And this little nine-year-old boy, roughly nine years old, is telling me this, and it just rocked me to my core because her behavior was an outcropping of nervous energy from the situation that was going on. But because this young man came up and said, you know what, this is why, this might be why this is happening. Um, We got her connected to the librarian who was hosting us that day, who then connected her to Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, and they were able to get some help for her because she was in crisis. She was she had deep suicidal ideation. When we talked with the librarian uh, and, and I, um, she broke down. Um, there were some issues at the home. There were some issues at school. And because she was a young lady, a pretty young lady, a popular young lady, she was expected to act in a certain way. Like things didn't get to her or things... Uh, like she should be able to let things roll off her like water off a duck. And even though she was popular, she was still a target of bullying behavior. Well, I mean, what happened there sounds, that's a definition of it takes a village. Yes. Because I mean, you guys, it just sounded like everyone ate the friends, you Mm -hmm. know, stepped up, which were always encouraged. Yes. Help your friends. You know, if you see bullying behavior, either go tell someone quietly, if you're afraid it's going to come back at you, but you'll, you'll be involved or what they did is they briefed you, which you yes. had the tools. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Speaking of having tools, I think there's some things for parents that we can do. Um, some tips and tricks if you're okay with that. Do is it would it be all right if I Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, Let's awesome. Take... So um... I was just gonna ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. I, I here's the thing. Parents, first and foremost, have open lines of communication between you and your young yeah. person. I'll give you an example. When I pick my kid up from school and he gets in the car, if I ask him how his day was, if I just say, hey, how was your day? Fine. Right. And that's the end yeah. of that conversation. So I have to dig a little deeper. I got As a parent, I got to kind of figure out a way to say, hey, what was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? You know, and, and make sure that when, even if my kid tells me something that's pretty alarming, that I have to remain right. stone-faced, poker-faced. Um, if he, if if my son or or your child listener, if your child says, you know, I, you know, these people are picking on me, and you kind of lose your cool, not at your son or your daughter, but at the school. Well, we're gonna go do this, and we're gonna go do that, and we're gonna put a stop to this. Then the yeah. child feels like, okay, I can't tell mom or dad because they're gonna flip out. 
So the first line, the first thing is keep lines of communication open. Second, try to be poker faced, stone faced. You, your blood might be boiling on the inside, yeah. But try as much as possible to have a neutral affect on your face and your body language, so that your son or your daughter feels safe to tell you. Well, that just happened to me. My uh, six year old son came home, didn't eat lunch, and he tends to talk to my wife more when that stuff. There's something about us that he'll eventually share, but he'll go there and he said, "Well, the kids at my table." We're squashing my lunch, and I asked him not to do it. So we know yeah. <laughs> our first thing is go, we're going to go fight the six-year-olds right now. <laughs> you know, but now those they're pretty strong, so I didn't know if I could take them. So I just, <laughs> but but you want to do that, but you know, like you're saying, yeah. let's take a plan. Would you like us to talk to the teacher? What do you want to do? But I and that's the third point. The you field. that was awesome that you said that because the third point after line of communication, keep those open and and be stone faced is involve your child in the solution. Yeah. Like so, if if um, your child says somebody, you know, I feel like they're targeting me, like you just said. Well, honey, what do you want to do about yeah, this? How exactly. do you want to achieve? So, because think about it this way. The people using bullying behavior, employing bullying behavior at the school have already taken the child's power. power yeah. And if we say, well, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing, we're inadvertently, well-intentioned, yes. but we're inadvertently taking their power again. And we're re-victimizing them, even though our intentions are good. So involve, so parents, involve your child in the solution and let them come up with appropriate ways. Now, if they're like, well, I'm, Dad, I think you should go down and beat, beat all these kids up. Obviously, not appropriate. <laughs> yes. Hilarious, not appropriate. Yes. So we need to find out, okay, honey, that's not something we can do, but what are some other things? And then brainstorm because that's going to let your child, parents, it's going to let your child know that they, they do have a say in it and they can advocate for themselves and they can be empowered. And that's right there is rebuilding what was taken away earlier. Yes. You know, and that's what, like I said, that's what I did with my son. And I, I took a moment alone with him and I said, what do you want me to do? And you want me to talk to the teacher? And he just gave me a thumbs up. Not even much of a conversation. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, you know, six year old, so he doesn't talk yeah. much. But, but anyway, yeah. And I, I completely agree with that because that is the power. So, all right. Well, I want to first thank you for what you do in the community. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we work together and we, we rip each other a lot. But <laughs> I am very proud of the work you do and proud that you're a part of Get Safe. Um, anything you want to close with? No, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it, I think the movement for change is powerful. It's salient. It's something that all, any of us, whether we're a listener of this podcast or we're just some regular Jane or Joe in the public, we can grab on to the idea of like, Hey, we want to change for the better. I mean, there are certain things where being constant is awesome. Such as, you know, um, maybe if you have a high standard of living and you like it and you like that constant, that's good, okay. But let's let's boil it down to something of change as far as, like, who we are as people. I think we're always looking for self-improvement. Yes. And that's really what we're looking yes. at. It's just improvement for not just personally but for our community. Yes. And that's where our movement for change is. So thank Dave Mondarine. My name is Stuart you. Haskin, founder of Get Safe. Thank you for joining our movement for change. Come to our website, GetSafeUSA.com. We have a page there. Let us know what your movement for change is. And if we can help, we are there. Thanks very much. Hey, thanks, Stuart. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dave.